0: Economics professor Dr. Eric Cam joins us. His thoughts on the fall economic forecast, the ask for the city of Toronto to the federal and provincial governments and a pending recession. He's still telling you to be very cautious about how you spend your money. Have a listen from earlier on Toronto Today. Did you think we'd be in deficit just from some of the, the makeup costs for COVID spending?
1: Well, I, I honestly can't say that I'm surprised. I mean, this is the problem when you start hearing politicians Greg, use words like resilience because really it's just a fancy word that means we have no choice but to do and go through difficult times. So you have to remind people that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. The problem is, is how deep and how long is that tunnel? The government went into deficit because it took about $4 billion and put it into a reserve fund. And they're going to do that again for three years in a row. So you're talking about $22 billion. Everything you saw yesterday is basically a plea. It is a plea to tell the people of this province that bad times are coming. That forecasted recession that no one wants to talk about is right around the corner. And so the government used uh, gas tax and a tax credit to small business. They did a bump up of ODSP and the guaranteed annual income system. But these are all the same thing. These are a drop in the bucket. This is putting a little bit of money into the pockets of people When the government really doesn't want to tell them you're going to need every penny of this and more. We are still caught in a spiraling price rise. Inflation is only going to get worse before it gets better. So what I saw yesterday was the government telling its population, hold on for dear life. Here's some pocket change to try to tide you over. But Greg, you and I both know Mm -hmm. it's not nearly enough.
0: It's not nearly enough, but I think every household, but it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? it they've, he mentions the gas tax, and he knows that'll land well with, um, with the public in polls. Polls are useless at this point in time. Who are you going to vote for provincially? We just did it, so it doesn't even matter for three and a half years, but that's going to land because gas is needed. Gas. You know, you got to pay your home energy bill. You don't have to go to a Leafs game. You don't have to go on on an airline on a flight to a vacation. You don't have to go to an expensive dinner. So they kind of know those meat and potatoes issues to hit on.
1: Well, of course they do, but they're politicians and I'm just an economist, so they don't want to use terms like I can use terms. And tell people that their disposable income, the money in their pocket, their income minus their taxes, any way you want to slice it, is about to go down and it's about to go down seriously. I saw a study from the Conference Board of Canada that said if you make $70,000 a year in this province, next year you're going to have 4000 real dollars less to spend. And that's a gloomy picture. And that's where we are in terms of the economy right now. It's kind of gloomy. So the government doesn't want to say what I have no problem saying, which is unless consumption is necessary today, unless you have Mm -hmm. to make that big item, that big purchase, don't. This isn't the time to play with your financial future. Far too many Ontarians are one or two paychecks away from insolvency. This is the time to effectively, in an economic sense, Batten down the hatches, figure out what you have, figure out what you need. And if you have to be super close to the vest, then you'd be super close to the vest. The government told people that yesterday, and I really hope that people are listening.
0: Dr. Eric Cam, our guest, but there's that ripple effect, right? Uh, Companies that do home renovations, put in swimming pools, restaurants, uh, tourism industries, spas, they're going to feel that in the next 12 months, aren't they?
1: Well, of course they are. And you know what? And that's why they call the economy a circular flow. I mean, what goes up must come down. Some of those businesses you just mentioned, and I feel for all small businesses or medium-sized businesses right now, but some of those businesses boomed in the last few years as well. And so this is why you have to remind people that economics is a cycle and that there's ebbs and flows, and that's just the way it goes. But right now, my focus is on people. My focus is on families families. And uh, Because people have to, at the end of the day, feed and house their families. And that, that, Greg, is going to be harder to do in the next couple of years than it probably has been since the 1970s or 80s. And as an economist, that scares me.
0: Dr. Eric Kam our guest from Toronto Metropolitan University. You're in Toronto proper and you work in Toronto proper. What are the financial options they should use to rescue themselves from their deep financial hole? I want to know what you think there's too much of or too little of before we get to the idea of them getting money from the province or the federal government, which they're clearly going to keep trying to do. What, what could Toronto change? What What could they raise in terms of spending cut in terms of other frivolous stuff?
1: I know this is going to sound like low hanging fruit as they say in academic circles. But I think, number one, Toronto needs to evaluate the waste in the system. I think that that there's far too much money that falls through the cracks in terms of inefficiencies and and duplication of services. And I think we need to investigate things like that. Of course, the city has a handout to the government. All cities have a handout to the government. But sadly, we both know, and you've mentioned it on your show, that it's time to raise property taxes. And I'm going to get a bunch of Twitters today saying, how can you say that? you tend to be right of center. But you're right. We do enjoy some of the lowest taxes in the country. And this is the biggest, most expensive city in the country. And it does become, in a sense, a sharing proposition, right? The government and its its population have to work together if you're going to keep the city afloat. And so, you know, something has to give. And in this city, I think it's going to be an increase in property taxes to try to help with services. We know what's going on in healthcare right now. You're one of the few people with the... Um, I don't know the right word, but the courage to come out and say that we've got to investigate new healthcare options. The system is collapsing. We've got to go to a two tiered system. We at least have to look at options about two and three tiering the system. There's a lot of
0: Western European countries that are thriving with it right now, even in tough times. And we've got to at least have conversations about I don't want to become the United States. No one's asking you to become the United States. I don't want to become I live there. I don't want to become the United States either.
1: No, but I've said this, you know what, I'm not patting myself on the back, unless you want to believe that, but I've been saying this for years, it's time that we take a little bit more responsibility as people who have bills to pay, and I think that asking the government to solely provide medical care, uh, and other care as well, is just not feasible anymore, there's frankly too many people living in this city to ask that, and I think that if people, and I, I think also, if put to some sort of plebiscite, I think more people than We know, Greg, you and I would come out and say a two tier system would suit me better because I don't mind paying for services if if I can if I can get it quicker and faster. And that's not to take away from the people that sadly have to wait. But if I can take a burden off the system by paying out of my pocket to get something today or tomorrow, I think more people than then the general listenership would be surprised, would say, I would take that.
0: system." Eric, there are so many people sitting in the middle. They're in the middle. They're either political free agents or they're politically homeless or whatever. And they're not the loud ones, the five to eight percent on the way left side, the way right side who will never waver, who wear their party's colors with pride. But if someone who's brave enough and capable enough to reframe healthcare in this province, that person, that party, they're going to win like five majorities in a row because it's going to fix it's going to get fixed, plain and simple. They want political. They want political uh, uh, heaven. They'll get it if they can fix health care. They will.
1: That, that's right. But you have to have the um, the integrity and frankly, again, the courage, which is a cleaner word than I was going to use to go forward with that and say that like every other thing that comes into our society, somebody has to stand up and say it's time. I mean, there was a time when there wasn't any income tax. And then someone had the courage to say, if we're going to send people to war and finance it, we have to have income tax and say what you want. But you see, it's still here. And Prime Mm -hmm. Minister Mulrooney he stood up and said, if we're going to finance things, we have to have a GST. Khrushchev came in and said, I'm going to scrap it. You notice he didn't because he couldn't. It's time for some new ideas, Greg, because the old ones, frankly, they're just not working anymore.
0: Love talking new ideas with you. We're uh, we're fresh out of time. Thanks for the time today, and let's uh, let's do this again really soon. The Dolphins are seven and three. Stay healthy, Greg. Both those things are accurate. Um, I'll, well, one is a one is a statement, and the other is a is a, is a hope. Dr. Eric Cam from Toronto Metropolitan University, our guest.